All right. Well, hey, good morning, Grace Point. It's great to be here with you again, and I'm, I'm just excited to be here. If you've got your Bibles today, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. You don't hear that a lot in church, but I'm excited about that. Ecclesiastes, if you don't have your Bible, if you're kind of new to the Bible, the words will be up on the screen as well. And as you heard, my name is Josh McNall, and I am a college professor. I teach at a place called Oklahoma Wesleyan University, which is down in uh, a town called Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Your, your pastor, Tim Hughes, went to Oklahoma, Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, a million years ago, uh, as well as myself. And uh, so I'm repping my colors today, Oklahoma Wesleyan. This is not going to be a commercial for my university, I promise, Pastor Tim, that. But I need to say, uh, I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about teaching college students about Jesus and preparing them for life and for ministry. And so our mission is kind of this idea that instead of going off to college to lose your faith, what if you went to a place that strengthened your faith and prepared you to go out to, to be one who is sent into the world for Christ? And so if you've got high school students, if you are a high school student or a grandparent or a parent of one, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. We're doing a, a lunch event today later to, to talk about the university, but that's the end of the commercial. So we'll get going with the, with the message today. I say this every time I come here, coming to Topeka feels like coming home because I was married literally right in this spot. I'm less nervous now than I was I also have less hair now than I had then. I was married in this spot. I interned at this church alongside Pastor Tim. My first job was on 21st Street here in Topeka, near Topeka Boulevard at the Sonic Drive-In, where I was a car hop. No roller, state, no roller skates. Uh, people always ask me that. And I grew up just down the road in a little town called Carbondale, Kansas. And so I was driving up here yesterday with my six-year-old son, Ewan, who looks exactly like me. And I was like, man, this brings back memories. And probably you've had a similar experience where you come to a place where you had spent a lot of time maybe years ago and the memories kind of come back, good memories, hard memories, but they, they come flooding back. And one of the things that struck me yesterday, even as I was driving, was like the music that I used to listen to as I drove that same highway uh, in high school and in, you know, junior high and, and things like that. One of the things I love about music is that there is a genre of music for every mood and personality type. It doesn't matter who you are or what. There's a genre of music for every mood and personality type. And so if you're in like a sophisticated mood and you want to feel smart, maybe you pop on the, the classical music. If you're into passion and romance You've got R&B. Back when I was in high school, bands like uh, Boys to Men with a Z for the boys. Maybe now it's something else. John Legend, Usher. If you want to sing about Jesus, there's Christian music. There's even Christian rock and Christian rap. If you're into trucks and guns and twang in America, there's country music. If you're into lyrics that tell a story, there's folk music. If you want to hear about money and cars and coming up from the bottom and then achieving something, there's rap music. And then there was the type of music that, for whatever reason, I got into in, around high school. And this didn't seem to really fit me because I was like a pastor's kid, straight-laced. But it was called at the time grunge music. Does anybody remember grunge music? I wore my flannel for grunge music. It's a different kind of flannel, but... 
And then it kind of shifted to what they called alternative rock. And when I grew up, there was even a station in Topeka, I don't even know if it still exists, was called 105.9 The Laser. And it was grunge and alternative rock. It was bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and the Smashing Pumpkins. And it was not happy. It was not particularly enamored with romance or patriotism or anything like that. It was actually a little bit dark and depressing. And the fundamental mood of this music was somebody who had seen the world for what it actually is, was kind of tired of the spin, and they were in a single word, if you had to sum up the genre, disillusioned. A little disillusioned with the spin, with the world itself. Here we are now, entertain us, in the words of Kurt Cobain. And for whatever reason, as a pastor's kid, straight lace, straight A's, that kind of like, I'm like, yes, that, that's true. There's something in me that like gravitated to that. And the book of Ecclesiastes sounds a bit like that. When you read the book of Ecclesiastes, like, it's like, is this in the Bible? Like, he, say, he starts out meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. It sounds like the gospel according to Kurt Cobain. Which raises the question, why are you doing a sermon series on this, this book of the Bible? It sounds kind of dark and disillusioned. But there's a truth in Ecclesiastes, and it connects in some ways to this genre of music, that until you become disillusioned with some of the things of this world, you will never long for something more. Until you become a little bit disillusioned with the trinkets and the things that this world tells you will fill you up, whether it's money or chasing after fame, until you become a little bit disillusioned with that false view of what really matters, you won't long for something more. Until you're awakened to the problems and the paradoxes and the spin that people give us, you, you won't feel the sweetness of the solution that is Jesus. And so that's part of the reason I'm excited to speak about Ecclesiastes. And so there's a real quick review in this series if you haven't been here in previous weeks. In week one, you heard about how life is, is fleeting. It's like vapor. It's short. In week two, you talked about how Mick Jagger was right, that real satisfaction can be hard to come by. In week three, you talked about how life can be monotonous or boring at times, sunrise, sunset. And then in week four, you heard about how injustice is rampant, and yet God calls us to do something about that injustice. And so that, talk, that brings us to the, the, the thing I want to talk about today, and that is the ache of loneliness and the deep need we have for community. And if you've got your Bibles, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, I'll read this, and the words will be up on the screen. It says this, almost 3,000 years ago, the writer says, Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, and there was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, 
because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then it says this, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is God's word. We're going to unpack this passage a little bit today and talk about some of the the things that the writer is getting at. But one of the problems I think that you see in the passage, the problems that the passage reveals rather, is this paradox that's true I think for all of us at some level. And that is as human beings, we simultaneously long for and run from community. They're both true. I mean, it seems like a contradiction. We want community. We want deep relationships. We want people who know us. And we also kind of like run from that because it can be scary and uncomfortable. It feels vulnerable. And this is true not just for other people. This is totally true for me. I am a self-professed introvert. I like to tell people I was born with my hands in my pockets. I'm just not... I'm not like an extroverted person, yet I have this weird job where I get in front of 